We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. I want to tell you a story. It's a story about a scandal, broken relationships, gossip, rumors, money, corporate rivalry, and a broom. A performance-enhancing broom. My name is John Cullen. I'm a comedian, podcaster, and for 20 years, I was a semi-professional curler. And I want to tell you the story about how a single broom almost imploded the 500-year-old sport of curling. We felt like we were bringing a knife to a gunfight. It's the story of a superstar and his fall from grace. Oh, I was being dragged through the mud. It's the story of two brother entrepreneurs with a dream. <laughs> I said, that's great news. It's a story of intrigue. I still don't understand why we want to keep his name secret. The full story has never been told, so I'm going to tell it. Broomgate. How a broom almost killed curling. It was a year I'd like to forget. To listen to Broomgate, search for Broomgate in your favorite podcast app. That's all one word. Broomgate. Okay, it's time to commit. 2024 is the year for prioritizing yourself. Begin your new smile journey with Byte, and you could start seeing results in just two to three weeks. Just order your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95 at Byte.com. Bite clear liners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces, plus they offer financing options, accept eligible insurance, and you could pay with your HSA, FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot com. Start your confidence journey today with Byte. The Ring Out Ahoya podcast is your official home for the latest information on Marquette Athletics. Join us each week for exclusive conversations with administrators, coaches, student athletes, and many more. We are Marquette. I'm your host, Scott Kuykendall, and joining us today is Adrian Ridgway, Executive Associate Athletic Director of Academic Services and Student Programs at Marquette. Adrian, thanks for joining us. Not a problem. I'm happy to join. Fun fact, I just realized this is your 17th year at Marquette, which means you're basically as have been here as long as our freshmen who are now enrolling were born <laughs> when you started at Marquette. Have, have you even thought about that? I have. I actually said it at our student athlete orientation. I said, I think this is like officially the first class that like you could be my children. Like, I could have a college freshman. <laughs> I had to come to grips with it. 
Well, you've got me by just a couple of years, so I'm not too far behind as far as that Marquette. Maybe just uh, you do a tremendous amount for the department. Uh, we could probably just do a podcast on that, but maybe just a, a bit of an overview on your role and your staff's role when working with our student athletes. Sure. So um, our staff, and then and we have an excellent staff that uh, made up of, of great individuals who support our student athletes primarily in academic advising. So we're taking care of our student athletes in terms of class selection, helping guide them with majors and talking to them about how they can best balance both the academic piece and then the athletic piece of their Marquette careers. Um, and then the second part of our job is we're connecting them with supports. Um, whether it be in the form of tutoring, um, referrals across campus to different uh, departments, making sure that they're connected to the type of support services that they need in order to be successful at Marquette. And then the third piece of what we do is giving them the opportunity to develop outside of support and outside of athletics. So some student athlete development programming around career development, around leadership, around faith, um, and then around service. So all of that we kind of combine into what we have termed our, our Eagle's Nest program. Um, and, and it's all about supporting student athletes development. All of which you guys have a lot of systems and programs and policies in place for, and then COVID hits in the <laughs> spring. <laughs> COVID and, hit, and then that all went out the window. <laughs> all went out the window in parts. and. I, it's good that we can laugh about it, and you have to in a lot of ways, but I think just to start, maybe let's go back to the spring and that quick transition and the challenges, the short-term challenges to get through that semester, semester that that brought for, for your staff and our student-athletes. So yes, yeah, so um, I think when I when I zero in on the date, I think about March 13th, it was not a laughing matter. I, I think I was probably in tears at my dining room table. Um, but it, it, it was an extreme challenge. It was so quick. And so you had to all of a sudden think so differently about the way that we've done anything and everything. Um, the first part for us is what has been our greatest success is our ability to have these really close and personal relationships with students that have probably been fostered by the amount that we see them and that we're able to connect with them by them coming into our space, meeting with us face to face. And then for all of a sudden that kind of fall off and we've had to kind of go out and find them like, okay, I'm going to make a Microsoft Teams appointment with you to be able to connect to check in with you. Um, so it was, it was really difficult at first to make sure that we were connecting and building those same connections. Once we got past that, then it was more about now how do we transition the same services or some part of these services to still being supports for them. And so we had to quickly reorganize our tutoring efforts as our first um, major change thing that we made. Um, we are we're so happy that the university went with Microsoft Teams and that we were able to then use that as a platform and a couple other platforms to still be able to offer those services to students. So students were still able to make tutoring appointments, whether it be individual appointments, um, with their tutors and then we also started hosting a bunch of review sessions so that students could just simply kind of log into the and get a review session on biology, get a review session on chemistry. Um, so I think that was the biggest change is just moving things online. 
moving online, and, I've, and if I'm wrong, you can correct me. I think the big, one of the biggest misconceptions is that if it's online, it's easier, right? It's an <laughs> online class. You don't have to be there you know, necessarily. But in a lot of ways, from what I've heard from, from student athletes, it's tougher. It, it has been. I think the um, amount of task and, and work that is daily picked up. So whereas a student before may have been in a course where they were pretty set on this class is going to be three exams and one paper. And that's that. And then quickly that class needing to shift to a different format where now you have daily discussions, you have to do reply posts, you have to do short papers. And so, you know, anytime changing midstream in the middle of the semester is difficult, but then added work, I think made it even harder. And then some of it was a lot more self-guided than what they've ever had to be. You know, I think back when I was in college, you went to the lecture and sometimes it felt like the information was just poured into your head and then you regurgitate it later for an exam. This required students to be a lot more engaged in their learning. Um, they had to go out and seek out some of the learning. You have to go and download PowerPoints and look at lecture notes and actually go to the book and try and connect lecture notes to the textbook. So um, it pushed them, I think, a lot more than, than what sometimes students are accustomed to. Yeah, and one thing I was kind of alerted to or hadn't thought about, you know, I was on when you talked to the men's basketball to start the semester, you know, the transition has been quick. And although it's gone well in a lot of ways, there isn't that one central place with everything they need, right? So they've got to go to three or four different spots to cla check class schedules, what's new, their practice times. And that's become a challenge, I'm sure, as you found here over the last, first week of school. It has. So the university has um, shifted. Some classes are online, but they're synchronous. Some are online, but they're asynchronous. Some are hybrid where you're meeting face to face some days and then online other days. And some are still fully face to face. So most students and, and including student athletes have some combination of all of that. And so knowing where you're supposed to be at any given time and what platform you're supposed to be logged into, um, what external platform you're supposed to be logged into, um, it, it's been a challenge. And so, again, that's kind of been our role in these first couple of days of school is helping students better understand their schedules, where they're supposed to be, what they're supposed to be doing, um, and then it kind of walking them through what they think will be best. And we've had some students who've been honest. They're like, I am not cut out for asynchronous learning. Can we look at my schedule and, and maybe make some changes where I can have more face-to-face? -face? And some said, ooh, not comfortable with face-to-face -face as much as I thought I would be. Can we look for ways to change it to, to being online? And, and that's the support we've been. You know, I think obviously everybody's hoping that we get back to whatever our normal was. And, in all aspects of life, including education, but and maybe it's too soon for you to fully answer this, but are there elements of what you've seen with this move that you think will stick around regardless of, of what happens? Absolutely. There are some parts of our, 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 our whole staff saying, you know what, why were we not doing this before? Um, and one of those parts is some of the virtual tutoring. We used to, when students were traveling and competing, um, we would try and grab extra notes from different student athletes so that a student who's traveling could review. Um, or after a review session, we would connect with another student and say, what happened in the review session? 
Um, now we're going to be able to offer that same review session with a virtual option for students who are traveling or away from campus. Um, and that's huge that you can still engage with your tutor, you can still engage with an advisor without having to be physically present. So I think that's one um, way that we will continue with what we've done. Um, the other part is um, being able to have virtual student development programming. We've been able to bring speakers and people to be in front of our student athletes that we would not ordinarily be able to bring. It's such a different thing when we're asking a person to log in and chat with our students for an hour versus, hey, fly from California, we'll put you up in a hotel for you to be a speaker for an hour. Um, and so we've been able to put some really awesome people in front of our students. And so we'll continue that part of it. Um, for example, we were able to have um, a really great career speaker speak to our student athletes that we would not have normally been able to secure. Um, and then I think the last part has been around, we've been able to keep some of our programming going longer throughout the summer. So typically um, FCA would not meet in the summer. Our SAC students would not meet in the summer. They were able to meet all summer long and to do some planning over the summer simply because we had these virtual calls. Um, and so I, I think as much as COVID has been devastating, it has made us change and rethink how we do things. It's also brought out some creativity and some new options that we will, we will continue as we get past this. You talked a little, bit, uh, a little bit about it with the student athletes feedback on what format maybe they prefer class-wise, but I think you're in a unique, unique position because you get to talk to the faculty and the student athletes with what you guys do. And I'm not asking you for, you know, to say it's all sunshine and rainbows and sugarcoated, but what has been kind of the general feedback over this first week of classes, not only format, but safety and, and all the concerns that are out there? You know, I think we, we do have the full range. We've had some students who thought that they, you know, were great. I'm going to be back face to face. This is going to be excellent. And they walk into a classroom and they, and they see, whoa, there's there's a there's the appropriate amount of people here, but it still feels like a lot and I'm not ready to, to make that jump. And then we have our students who are saying, it's so great to be back in the classroom. I learned best in this way. I love the faculty member standing before me delivering a lecture and I can't wait for that to be across all of my classes. Um, so I think, I think, you know, it's a mixed reaction. Um, I think the one consistent thing is that everybody says, wow, it's really different. It is much more different than I think anyone had anticipated. Um, I think the best thing is that our faculty on campus have been so patient and not just with student athletes, but I think with all students about getting students to understand where they're supposed to be, um, what this might look like and kind of taking it a little bit slower in these first couple days than probably what I think most faculty have done in the past. I spoke to a class uh, last night, as a matter of fact, and you know, obviously we're, I'm not on campus right now, but even it was via Zoom. There was one student that was also in the Zoom with me. The professor had each student who I couldn't see come up and introduce themselves to me on the screen, all with masks on, obviously. And that was kind of my first, oh, this is what it would really be like if I was on campus. And it is, it's unnerving. I mean, it was, and I said it right. I'm like, this is awkward. You know, and that's <laughs> right. just, we're a week into class. Right. Yeah, no, uh, it is. It's, I mean, there's, there's some awkward pieces of it. There's some clumsy pieces of it. I know um, even with, as we've been getting tutoring appointments set up for student athletes, 
Um, normally, you know, you, you would come into the eagle's nest, be able to sit down and meet your tutor, have a little small talk first and, and then get started. So I think a couple of our students have said it's so weird to just all of a sudden appear on a screen and get down to business with our, our tutors. So we've had to even kind of do a little bit more in training and development with our tutors and staff about like, you have to first get past this awkwardness and then it'll be fine. Um, and so we, we've even tried to build them up like that. I've, I've been doing virtual introductions through email of like, hey, this person, meet this person. Now you're gonna meet on this day. Maybe you guys can chat offline a little bit before the first appointment. Majority of us, almost all of us are still off campus. Uh, myself and, and your home right now. And I know for me, you know, when everybody was off campus, it was one thing, but now you've got some that are back in, in working in the college environment. Maybe if you could talk a bit about the, the difficulties of that, and you mentioned it with relationships, but there is kind of this missing out now that I, I can speak to, I know, where everybody's back and doing it, but we're still distanced in a way, you know? Yeah, I, I can definitely say, I think our staff, we have some FOMO, um yes. because we see you know we have meetings and we see people on campus and then you're thinking am i missing something am i not being there for the students to the best of our ability and then you know I, i've been very conscientious to remind our our staff and, and a lot of people connected to our department that we're doing the best thing that we can do probably for our community um and, and staying away um but it, it is a challenge um what we have decided to do for our student athletes is we will have one of our staff members present um monday through thursday in the eagle's nest and we're allowing students to be able to make appointments to come in and either study or meet with one of the advisors so that each of us is still getting that opportunity to appropriately social distance and, and connect with our, our students who we need to see in a face-to-face -face manner um, it's given us a little bit of flexibility to have students come in and pick up supplies or come in. You need a graphing calculator that you're checking out for the semester to be able to come and do some of those normal things. Even something as simple as the printer, uh, having students have access to that to be able to come in and print course syllabi and get prepared for the semester. So I've been able to be on campus a little bit, but for the most part, we will continue to work from home and, and it's going to remain a challenge. Um, you know, balancing, doing all that. In my next room to me right now, I have my nine-year-old who is in virtual school right now. Um, and so it's, it's a balance. <laughs> the, uh, you know, one of the big challenges I know and, and something you guys have emphasized and even more so now, and you mentioned it, even just a schedule to go pick up a calculator is scheduling and meeting and being on time and staying on time and how one person can now impact an entire team and getting used to that, right? I mean, coaches love, you know, I've got a two hour practice window and we're gonna shift it 30 minutes here or go later. No, can't, in, in this climate right now- Which I'm sure isn't gonna happen with our staff, but- It's not gonna happen, Scott. <laughs> our coaches are way better than that. Um, but it, it is a challenge. I mean, I think uh, you were on the call when I, I talked with, I think our men's basketball team, I said, we cannot really have a lot of changes. I mean, we'll be flexible with needs, but the, the big changes, it's just a domino effect for the entire day in terms of scheduling. And because so many things do need to be scheduled in advance, um, it is, it's a challenge if, if a student is 10 minutes late for something. So I, I think there's the good and the bad of that because I'm hoping it will really teach greater time management and accountability for time because people don't want to ruin someone else's day based on five to 10 minutes late. 
um, but it's still something that's difficult to work around. I will say for our department to be able to use Teamworks collectively and they have each person using that as a platform for scheduling and, and being able to manage schedules is huge. Like to be able to log into that system and look to see where someone's supposed to be or, or where they're at um, is huge. One thing I did want to talk about as well and, and another duty within your department for us is heading up our diversity, equity and inclusion committee which was formed recently with all obviously the social injustice issues that have come up in the last few months. And I, I know we could do a whole podcast on that, but I think one of your biggest messages to that group and our student athletes has been following up uh, thoughts with message or with action, right? And maybe you could speak right. a little bit about that and especially around the voting initiative. Absolutely. So it has been a pleasure to be able to take that on as an additional responsibility. It's something I'm passionate about. But I also love to see that how, how passionate our students were about it as well. And so being able to kind of connect both of my idealized jobs into one has been great. Um, we have worked really hard for us to create a plan for our department around diversity, equity, and inclusion. And part of that plan has been involving our student athletes. Um, getting their voices heard, asking them what they think is important for their generation to do. And so one of those things has been our student athlete advisory committee has really made a commitment to action through getting out um, voter registration and then voter education. And so they have kind of uh, rallied around this, this idea and are now putting into action by calling on their fellow student athletes to register to vote. Um, and then in the next couple of weeks, doing more education about what are the issues that are on the table, why vote, why it matters, why your vote matters. Um, and so I'm, I'm hopeful that they will become educated through that and that in November they will exercise that right. In addition to that, we have been able to do a couple other programs with both our staff and our students. I've been very proud of our staff's commitment to engaging with the Big East Initiative on Conversations for Change. Um, and then our students have also put on some really cool programs um, with one understanding uh, the black student experience on campus. They partnered with the Black Student Council on that. Um, they have also done a, a conversation on race um, that, that they hosted themselves where they could better understand uh, different racial issues. And then coming up soon on September 9th, they, have, um, they are doing a shared experience by watching the movie The Hate You Give and then are having a conversation after that about that movie to kind of dissect it and help them to better understand what are some of the issues. So it's a lot going on, but I think the, the main thing that I'm just so happy to see is that people are passionate about it, but that passion is not just ending with statements, tweets, and, and, and social media. It is actual action on the ground. You know, obviously we're living in a time that none of us could have ever, I don't want to say dreamed of or thought of, but you know, for you and your experience, it was just a few years ago, you were a student athlete yourself, right? Uh, you know, what, five, six years ago, probably. <laughs> just a few years. But how, how much does that help you now with what you, what you do and what your staff, as a former student athlete, understanding the demands and all that's asked of, of all of our student athletes, over 300 of them now? You know, I think it just, it helps me to, you know, my, my previous experience helps me to understand that identity piece of being a student athlete and how significant that piece is to their lives. I think if you, if you haven't walked that walk, sometimes you think, well, that's just one small piece of their lives. 
but having been there, it's a huge part. And it's been a huge part of their lives often since they were two or three or four years old. Um, so having an understanding of how significant the athlete piece to their lives is, is really important. Now I'm in the seat where I get a chance to understand that, but then also help guide them to that not being your only identity. Um, and so that's the part that I feel really privileged to do is that I get to say, I know how important that is. Let's use that platform. Let's use that experience in some other way to whether it make change, to do the difference, to follow your dreams, follow your goals. That athlete piece can be a driver on all of that. Um, but recognizing that, I think, comes from my experience as an athlete. Adrian, we appreciate all you do. Uh, you are one of our all-stars behind the scenes. Uh, thank you. Thank you for the time. And we will- No, thank you for inviting me. This was, this was awesome. Hopefully you, it was a little bit of a distraction. You the heavy hitter questions. <laughs> <laughs> well, you did give them all to me to ask, so you shouldn't be surprised. Right? <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. We hope you've enjoyed the latest episode of the Ring Out Ahoya podcast, which is available on GoMarquette.com, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and iHeartRadio. Thank you for listening, and Go Marquette.